If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Arab Shabbos to everybody. It's great to be here with you. It's great to spend some time. And what an incredible Shabbos it is. It is Shabbos Shuva, the Shabbos of repentance, the Shabbos of return, a Shabbos that in a few days' time will usher in the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur. It's a Shabbos that comes after Rosh Hashanah. It's the Shabbos between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's the Shabbos that comes during the Aseret Yemei Tshuva, the ten days of Teshuvah, however we translate Shuva, whether as repentance, regret, or return, Teshuvah brings to mind the incredible responsibility of each and every one of us to look carefully into who and what we are, to understand ourselves, to know ourselves, to be honest with ourselves, to take a look at our lives, to take a look at our accomplishments, to take a look at our choices, to take a look at what we have done over the past year, to take a look at what we hope to do in the coming year. This is a time of great evaluation, each and every one of us, according to our own situation. Yes, of course, there are all sorts of things that are common to every one of us, but each and every one of us in our own situation, this is a time that we look at ourselves carefully. And the Shabbos, Shabbos Shuvah, is a time that we come together come together within ourselves in order to achieve this great act of repentance and return. And Shabbat Shuvah brings to mind so many incredible things. The idea of Shuvah Yisrael and Hashem the words of the prophet that will be read in Shul tomorrow, the Haftarah, return Israel until God your God, up to God your God. In other words, this return is not merely an act of, well, I'm sorry for the past misdeeds that I may have done. But this is an incredible journey all the way back to the very essence of where you belong. You're unique, you're eternal, you're powerful, you're joyous relationship with God. The fact that you are with Him. This brings about a tremendous sense of trust. This faith, this knowledge that we are part and parcel of God Himself This gives us the ability to continue, to continue not only limping along the journey of life, but to go forward, to stride forward, to move forward with clarity, with purpose, with a tremendous sense of determination. And this is the Shabbos, the Shabbos of Shuba, the 10 days of Shuba. This is a time that we think about things. This is a time that we consider who and what we are, what in fact we are doing upon this world what in fact we are accomplishing, what in fact we have to do. And not only that, but the Parsha of the week is Hazinu, the incredible song that Moshe shares with us. Just before Moshe leaves this world, just before Moshe physically leaves the world, he sings a song. God tells him, teach the Jewish people a song. And what's that song? That's the song of Hazinu. Hazinu, where Moshe appoints heaven and earth as the witnesses the witnesses who will stand throughout the history of creation, throughout the history of the Jewish people, and to give testimony how the Jewish people are dealing with the creation that God brought into being. This is a time that we think about We think about Yom Kippur, we think about the Day of Atonement, we think about standing before God. 
dressed in our white clothes, dressed, well, with a tremendous sense of piety and purity and, and presence of mind. We stand and we pray before God. Yes, we, we beat our chest. We say the al We go through the whole enormous list of possible transgressions. At the same time, there is an inner sense of joy that all that's taking place is not only an opportunity to return, but to return in the most perfect way and to come out of this experience as perfected and cleansed people. We are coming from Rosh Hashanah. We stood before God. And while so many thought, how will we survive this Rosh Hashanah? Many came to shul. Many didn't come to shul. And those who didn't come to shul wondered, what am I going to do this year? Sitting at home on Rosh Hashanah. And things changed, changed dramatically. How do they change dramatically? First of all, I've heard from a number of people, a number of people who've told me this has been the most meaningful Rosh Hashanah of their lives. They sat at home either by themselves or with one or two other people. And this has been the most meaningful Rosh Hashanah. This has been a Rosh Hashanah where they didn't rely upon the environment of the community in order to be uplifted, in order to feel a tremendous sense of spiritual awe. But it's something that they have to do on their own. They sat at home. They read the Mahzor. They translated the words. They tried and they did make it meaningful. They made their own meals. It wasn't the traditional sitting around the table with 30, 40, 50 people having a wonderful family and friends yontav meal. It was doing it on your own. And when a person does something on their own, there is a tremendous sense of accomplishment. I have done something of value. I have done something of great worth. I have done it. It is something that came about as a result of my own effort. And as our sages tell us, that when an individual puts their own effort into something, the result is altogether different. And I was taken aback at some of the conversations that I had with people this week, how they said, with all sincerity and with a tremendous sense of passion, this has been the most meaningful Rosh Hashanah of my life. And those who couldn't go to shul, chauffeur. I have to really hand it to the young and the not-so-young men of Chabad who went from place to place, from apartment to apartment, from building to building, from corner to corner, blowing the chauffeur for so many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. People who were afraid to come to shul, and I understand they were afraid to come to shul, but made sure that the chauffeur was blown. They heard the chauffeur. It was a time that was altogether different. People said this is going to be an occasion unlike any other. And we went through it. Not only, as I said before, did we limp through it. We marched through it with a tremendous sense of determination. This is what made the Yantav so very special this year. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the time that we're in, the time of Teshuvah, the time of looking at our lives in a serious way and making commitments, changing direction, going forward in a particular sort of way that will bring about the best possible results. And of course, Sunday night, the beginning of Yom Kippur. And once again, many of us will be in shul, many of us won't be in shul. 
It depends on the individual. It depends on the shul. And while, of course, it's important to know that shuls have become a safe place, it's important for us to know that if the shuls maintain the protocols that have been set out by the professionals, shuls are a safe place, and it's perfectly good to come back to shul. However, people must make up their own minds. If there are any complications, if there are any situations which might in any way compromise the situation, of course you must stay at home. Wherever you are, Sunday night is Yom Kippur. And whether you'll be hearing the word Kogidre coming from the Baal the one who leads the service. Are you going to be sitting at home with your own machzer and saying Kogidre? The prayer is going to be the same. The prayer is going to express a tremendous desire to take a look at what's important in life, to take a look at what's valuable in life and say, is this really something of true value? When we take a look at the Torah, and ask ourselves, how does the Torah define this particular day of Yom Kippur? A day of fasting, a day of prayer, a day of withdrawing from everything. It's the Sabbath of Sabbaths. It's a time of great spiritual intensity. But what the Torah tells us is something quite unique and important. It says, Ve'initem et nafshotechem. You shall make yourselves somewhat uncomfortable. You must put yourself in a situation where the normal comforts, the joyous comforts, the regular comforts of life aren't there. We don't wear regular shoes. We don't bathe. We don't eat or drink for 24 hours. All sorts of restrictions come about as a result of the fact that the Torah says, V'initem et nafshotechem, you have to make yourself somewhat uncomfortable. What does that really mean? Does God want us to be uncomfortable? Does God want us to put ourselves in a situation of discomfort? Is that what the purpose of Yom Kippur is all about? What in fact is Torah telling us when it instructs us that the initemet nafotachem, you have to bring about a state of discomfort in your lives at this particular day? And the answer, of course, is not that God wants to punish us. We shouldn't eat. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. It's because this is a time that we have to distance ourselves from physical comfort so that we can concentrate. We can concentrate on the spirituality of the day. So that we can concentrate on the essence of the day to understand what, in fact, is the powerful holiness of Yom Kippur. This is a day that the holiest man, the Kohen Gadol, would walk into the holiest place, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies, once a year, and place the incense on the altar, on the ark, and pray for the Jewish people. This was something that happened once a year by one individual in the holiest of all places. What is that all about? We don't have the temple today. And while we do have Kohanim, the service of the Kohan Godel is something that we read about in the Machzer. What's that all about? And the answer is that each and every one of us has a holy place that they can enter. Each and every one of us has a holy personality that they can somehow bring to the fore and bring about a state of absolute oneness. But in order to do that, in order to accomplish something like that, we cannot be in a state of normal physical comfort. 
We cannot sit around the table and have a festive meal. We cannot sit around the table and enjoy ourselves. While in fact that is something that we are told to do on every single Shabbat and every single festival, comes Yom Kippur when the oneness, when the uniqueness, when that single and powerful expression of the holy self going into the holy place within oneself, this is a time that we have to distance ourselves from things physical. This is a time that we have to enter into a spiritual mindset, into a spiritual sense of consciousness, into a spiritual personal place. And what happens at a time like that? What happens on a day that we are given the incredible power of calling out that one dimension within ourselves into that one holy place within ourselves. What happens on the day of Yom Kippur? What happens at that moment? At that moment, the ultimate expression of Teshuvah takes place. Now, in addition to the word Teshuvah, which is, well, often referred to as repentance, in actual fact translated as return, there is a different translation, another translation to the word Teshuvah. Teshuvah means an answer. And if in fact Teshuvah means an answer, what is the question? Teshuvah means an answer, what is the question? And perhaps we have to look in the Torah and see when was the first act of Teshuvah done and what is the first action and question that brought about Teshuvah. And this, of course, is in the Garden of Eden. After Adam unfortunately, unfortunately sinned, together with Chava, together with Eve, by eating from the fruit of the tree of knowledge, they were ashamed of what they did. And they hid. They were ashamed that they couldn't stand and listen to God's commandment. And they hid, and God came looking for them, and God says, Ayeka, where are you? And as the Al-Tarebbe, the author of the Tanya, the Rav Shulchan Aruch, explains, God, of course, knew where they were. God knows everything. God was saying, Ayeka, where are you? Where are you up to? What have you done? What have you accomplished? Where are you as a person that I've given a particular mission, a particular duty and responsibility, a particular task in life, what have you done with that opportunity? And what was the teshuvah? What was the response? What was the answer? The answer was, well, first of all, Adam was ashamed. But the answer was the first act of teshuvah. That Adam was going to be banished from the Garden of Eden and he's going to have to go into a world of darkness and in that world of darkness he's going to have to fight and work in order to accomplish whatever tasks God gives a human being and in particular the tasks that he gives the Jewish people. This is something which is so important for us to understand. What is the answer that we give God on this day of incredible unity, of incredible oneness. What is the answer that we give to God when he calls out to each and every one of us and says, Ayeka, where are you? What have you done? What have you accomplished? Where are you? Have you used the gifts that I've given you? Have you used the opportunities that I've given you? Have you used those moments, those talents, 
those elements that I gave you, have you used them to the best of your ability? Have you used them at all? This is the Ayeka question to which tshuva, the answer is what we give God. How do we answer that question? And how do we respond to the question that God gives us? And this is where we come to the parsha of the week, the parsha of Hazino. The parsha of Hazino where Moshe speaks to the Jewish people and he tells them, you are going to have a unique role in history. Unlike any other nation, other nations might be powerful and big and occupy huge tracts of land throughout history. And you are going to be, by and large, a nomadic wandering people. Yes, you'll have land, you'll have places for a short time, but basically you'll be walking around the world encountering challenge after challenge after challenge. And you are going to have tremendous questions and wondering why. Why is it what God would take the small nation and he would scatter them among the nations of the world time and time again? And so very often with such incredible difficulty, with such incredible pain. And yet in every one of those situations, God calls out to us and says, Ayeka, where are you? What have you done at this particular time? What have you done in this particular place? What have you done as a people? This is the song of Azino. Did you allow yourself to be overwhelmed by the circumstances of your environment? Or did you stand strong and continue to be a beacon of light, a light onto nations, a symbol of decency, of goodness, of purity, a witness that God created the world. Did you go throughout your whole experience historically as a people or as individuals and use the moments, use the moments with a tremendous sense of greatness so that you can shout out your answer, the teshuvah, the answer of the Jew as a people or as an individual when God says ayeko. And God says Ayeka to each and every one of us. This is the Yom Kippur experience. He looks at us and says, of course you will repent. Of course you will return. But I still have to ask you, Ayeka, where are you? What have you done? And we have to be ready with an honest answer. We have to be ready with an honest answer because this indicates who we are and what our relationship with God is. This indicates the type of responsibility that we have accepted upon ourselves and the type of duty that we are performing in terms of what we have to do, what we are called upon to do within the context of our own lives, within the context of history. This is the Parsha of Azino. The Parsha of Azino is a song. It's a song that talks to us and tells us to sing because this is the answer of the Jewish people throughout history. The answer to the great question. The answer is Teshuvah. Have I or have I not fulfilled my responsibilities, my duties? Where am I? And who asks this question? This is not some, well, semi-conscious level within myself or a close friend or a mentor or a teacher. This is God himself turning to Adam and he says, Ayeko. Where are you? And this is the power 
that we have to understand that exists on the day of Yom Kippur. And whether we're in shul or whether we're sitting at home, whether we're sitting in a regular pew surrounded by family and friends, or we're sitting at home perhaps alone or perhaps with one or two others, that booming question will come through again and again. And this year, while the world is in turmoil, and this year, while the world is in a state of confusion, of uncertainty, we have to give an answer, an answer to ourselves, an answer to God, more of This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the great answer. We're talking about how each and every one of us has to, first of all, hear that question, and second of all, be prepared to give an answer, and in order to give the answer, this is the process of Teshuvah, of returning, of repenting, of regretting. But Teshuvah is the answer that we initially give ourselves and, of course, ultimately give God on Yom Kippur, the day that we call out that incredible dimension of the holy personality within ourselves, and we go into the holy of holies within ourselves as well. And this is something that each and every one of us is able to accomplish to a lesser or greater degree. This is not only for the great, the super pious, the righteous, the holy. This is the service. This is the ability of each and every one of us and young people to accomplish. We have to take a moment and sit back, perhaps longer than a moment, and think about these things. And this is why we have Shabbat Shuvah before Yom Kippur. It's a time to prepare, a time to reflect, a time to actually get ready for Yom Kippur. All sorts of activities throughout the Aseret Yom Shuvah, the ten days of repentance leading up to this great and glorious and holy day. But what an actual fact is taking place, that Shabbos with all its energy, with all its power, with all its dimension of holiness, is called the Shabbos of Shuvah, the Shabbos of the answer. And Shabbos Shuvah is the time that we prepare the answer that we are going to give God. And this is why. Not every year, but this year, the Parsha that we read is Ha'azinu. Our sages tell us, well, something very interesting. When the offerings were brought, when the daily offerings were brought in the Holy Temple, each and every single day, the Leviim, the Levites, the Kohanim would sing a particular song. In fact, the Hayom that we say at the end of our daily prayers, the chapter of Tehillim, corresponds to the song that they would sing at the temple on the first day, on the second day. And each day reflects what in fact took place during the time of creation, the Sunday, the Monday, the Tuesday. When it came to Shabbos, of course, we sing the song, Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbat. We wait for the great moment when the entire world, when all of creation will celebrate the perfect Shabbat. But on Shabbos, something else took place. Another song was sung. Parshat HaAzinu was divided into six sections. And over a period of six weeks, a portion of HaAzinu would be sung on Shabbat when the daily offerings, sacrifices were brought. Because Hazinu carries within it the history of the Jewish people. Hazinu carries within it the song, the answer 
of our nation, of our people, of our history. And this is why when we get to the end of Hazino, when we get to the end of the song, and this is something which always stirred me, which always uplifted me, what does Moshe say? What's the stanza at the end that we sing? Harninu goyim amo. Moshe turns around to the nations of the world on behalf of God and he says, nations of the world sing the praises of the Jewish people. They have walked throughout creation from the moment onwards and they bore witness to my being. And despite the incredible difficulties that they had to endure, the incredible indignities that they had to endure, they maintained a tremendous loyalty. Yes, of course, many fell at the side for whatever reason. But by and large, as a people, they maintained their incredible, selfless and self-sacrificing loyalty to me. So sing the praises of this people. Understand who they are. They are unique. I gave them a particular task that I gave no one else. Understand that. Understand their role in history. How wonderful it would be if it's not at the end of time that they begin to sing the praises of our people, but if they would be singing the praise of our people throughout history. But the only way we can expect others to sing our praises is when we ourselves are praiseworthy and we ourselves sing the praises of our people. This is our answer. Our answer is our history stands. Our history stands as witness. Just as Moshe appointed heaven and earth as the permanent witnesses that would follow the Jews throughout history, our answer is that our history, this is our testimony, and this is our answer. You ask us who we are and where we are, I'll tell you exactly. We have to say to God, we are here. We are loyal. We are dedicated. This is our Yom Kippur answer. So once again, wherever you are this Yom Kippur, whether you're sitting at home, I know a lot of people will not be in shul for Kol Nidre. They'll be sitting at home. Or you're sitting in shul. I know many people won't come throughout the day. At Neila, a great many people will be coming. And certainly at the end of Neila, a great many people will come to hear the shofar. But wherever you are, use the day correctly. Listen carefully to the question that's being asked. This Shabbos, wherever you are, whether you're sitting at home or sitting in shul, listen carefully to the song of Hazinu. It's not a long song, it's a short portion. But listen carefully to the words, the stanza, the rhythm, the song, the story of Jewish history. The mistakes that we've made, yes, we've made plenty of mistakes. But also a great many victories as well. Listen to it all. It's our story. It's our answer. It's what we have to say to Hashem. Come Yom Kippur. So let me wish each and every one of you a Gemar Chatimatova. May we be fully sealed for a good and sweet year. May we stand before God in Yom Kippur with a tremendous sense of purpose. Yes, a little bit uncomfortable. We won't be eating. We won't enjoy the physical comforts of life. There will be a degree of discomfort. But within our hearts, within our souls, we will feel a tremendous sense of joy and loyalty because we have the ability, the courage, and the wisdom to give a Shem 
an answer that he wants. So Gemar Chasimatova, may you have an easy and meaningful fast. Good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom.